Everybody happy that you're free today? Come on. You happy that you're free? Look at somebody and tell them, man, I, I kind of like freedom. Amen. Uh, we like freedom and we like free stuff. Amen. <laughs> hey, if you're here today and you don't have a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. want to make sure everybody has a copy of the Word of God. And you're going to constantly hear it here. Get in that book, okay? Get in the Word of God. Get God's Word into you. There's great spiritual disciplines. You can, you can get a Bible reading program. I think that's important. Read through the Bible every year. You know, take a, uh, if, if you read a chapter of Proverbs every day, there's one for every day of the month. You can go through Proverbs every month. You can add five chapters of Psalms and go through Psalms and Proverbs. But I think you need to stop and pause and, and take verses. It's kind of like one bite at a time, you know, and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it. Meditate on it. Get it on the inside of it. This is what's going to empower you to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Okay, and and it's a, it's there, there's a uh, there's just something about the Word of God that that it comes it comes a lot. It starts talking back to you, and starts you know starts speaking life to you. Matter matter of fact, the Bible says that the Word of God is life to those that find it. Life to those that find it. See, I think a lot of times, you know, we hook up with Jesus, we do the salvation thing, and that's important, obviously, but, but that's the easy part. You know, we, we can do the salvation, we can get you saved and baptized in just a couple of minutes. Matter of fact, if you've not yet been baptized, that ain't something you need to pray about, that's something you need to obey about, right? First Wednesday's coming, right? On Wednesday night, on the first Wednesday of the month, we'll have the tank set up. You know, if you can't remember being baptized or you've had life-changing experiences since you were, or maybe you never have, you need to get here. You need to get connected. You need to get baptized, right? And join the faces on the wall across there. You know, I I think there's 70-some faces. We're believing God for 200 plus this year, right? And get baptized. And, And matter of fact, if you look at your spouse and they just look dry, get them in here, Okay, because you know we're gonna we're just gonna get baptized. But let me tell you that that's the easy part. Okay, now the life that Jesus came to connect you to, it's not just life, but it's life in abundance. It's abundant life. Okay, more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. That life that that don't just come to the casual church attender. Right? The kingdom, you know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. In other words, you're not going to get the kingdom if you're not a seeker. Right? And, and the Bible says that his words are life. That's Zoe to those who find it. So it's not, you, you know, it's not a mistake. This is on purpose. Okay. Now look, I know it's a holiday, but I don't want to be friendly. I want to be family. Okay? So... So, so, so I want to get up in your stuff for just a minute, because some of us have gotten really lazy when it comes to the Word of God, and, and we're thinking thoughts like, well, you know, if God wants it to happen, He's going to make it happen. Dude, that's killing you, because he, He's going to empower you. He's going to guide you. The steps of a good man are directed to the Lord. You got you to be hearing God, or you're going to take the wrong steps. Come on, somebody. You know, why, why would Joshua say, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you're going to meditate in day and night so that then you'll know what to do. Because without, without concentrating on that word of God, without putting a focus on the word of God, you're not going to know what to do. You're going to do what you think you should do. And how many of you know that you think some crazy stuff? Huh? I mean, you know, don't look right now, but look at who you marry. I mean, you think some crazy stuff, right? You know, you think, you think stuff that, and it's off. And, and we got, you know, here's the thing is that 
man, this just blows my mind. When I start thinking about it, when I start thinking about this, it blows my mind. That God's word, see, words are a container that hold a thought. See, and you, you get words and all of a sudden it, it gives birth to, to thoughts. So you get word from God that you've, you know, it, is, it introduces you to his thoughts. Remember when he said, hey, my thoughts aren't like your thoughts. My, my thoughts are higher than yours. That wasn't a put down. It was an invitation up, right? And so you take the word of God and begin to meditate it, and it opens the door for you to begin to collide with the thoughts of God. I, I, and I don't know about you, but it blows my mind to think I can think what God's thinking. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. So God's thinking thoughts about you. And I bet you five bucks, they're not the same thoughts you've been thinking about you. Huh? Uh, oh, baby. Yeah, and, and, and see, a word is a container that holds a thought. A thought is a capsule that has an image on the inside. Is this crazy? Because, you know, think about it. You hear a word, and it gives birth to a thought, right? And a thought contains an image. So that when I say cat, what do you see? Cat. Okay, what color is it? Black. Wrong. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. When I say cat, what do you see? Cat. What color is it? White. Wrong. <laughs> okay, so in order for the wrong thought to align up, because you know, here's the thing, what you want to do is you want to see, here's what God wants to take it. He wants you to have relationship with him so that when you begin to think his words, you're thinking his thoughts and you're seeing the image that he sees. Not something similar, right? But the exact image. Well, how, see, if, if we spent enough time together, okay, Shelby and I have been married 34 years in August, okay? Yeah. She's, she's tougher than she looks. Okay. Okay. 34 years. And, and, and people can come to me, whether they're part of the family or not, people can come to me and they can say, here's what Shelby said. And when I hear what Shelby said, I almost always know what she's thinking and I can see that, you know, what, what she was seeing. Not always. Sometimes. Sometimes. Now, this is after 34 years of, of uh, not, not 34 years of saying hi to each other on the weekend. Some of you guys, that's your relationship with God. Swing by, hi, Jesus, and then you're on with it. Let me tell you something. You're not seeing what he sees when you're thinking what he was thinking. Okay, it takes, it takes development of that relationship, and that's why he said, meditate my word. If you meditate my word, I'll begin to introduce my thoughts to you, and as you begin to think my thoughts, it'll begin to clarify, and you'll begin to see the image that I was seeing when I was thinking what I was thinking, which is why I said what I said. Dude, could this, like, change some stuff in your life? If I, if I could get to, see, to me, it changes my whole uh, attitude towards the Word of God. Because instead of, you know, speed reading the Bible, hmm, I'm going to go find out what God's been thinking about today. Okay? I need God's thoughts today. 
Why? Because he sees something, and I want to see what he sees. So to see what he sees, I, 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 I need to begin, you, you know, there's an image. See, that's why in, in, in Romans 12 too, I like it in, in God's Word translation. It's good in all of them, but in God's Word, it's really cool because it says, don't be like the people of this world. Okay, so if he says don't do something, we better not do it, right? <laughs> so let's not, let's not be like the people of the world. And, and immediately, see, if you're not careful, you, you see an image, because words have thoughts, and you start thinking about it, and then you start, and you see an image, right? And so people like this world, what are they old? They're probably partying, right? Uh, they, you know, they're smoking dope and, and, and chasing skirt, and they're, you know, and so don't be like that. But then he says, instead, change the way you think. So now we're starting to clarify this picture, that it's not what they're doing, but it's how they're thinking, Okay, so he, he, the picture that he sees is, is, the, is the process of the thought. And he said, if you, if you will change the way you think, then you'll begin to understand what God really wants. See, you won't know what God really wants for your life until you start thinking like he's thinking. So, and remember in the King James, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed. To be conformed is to be shaped into a specific image by outward forces. So the world has an image, a picture, that it's trying to form everybody into. But God said, I have an image, but it's going to take transformation to get you into that image. So you need my word to change the way you think, which will change what you see when you are thinking about what I was thinking about. You begin to see what I was seeing when I was thinking what I was thinking, which is why I said what I said. Hmm? Oh, dude, this kind of gets me cranked. I don't know if you can tell. I'm like pumped up because now what I want to do is, is, is like ignore you and go sit down with the word and tap into the thoughts of God. Why? So I can think what he was thinking, so I can start seeing what he was seeing, because I need to see what he's seeing, because I'm going to make decisions, and decisions are going to take me to a thing or away from it. See, how could you possibly make a decision if you don't know where it's going to lead you, and you don't know if it's going to take you to the image that God was seeing, or is it going to take you away from it? See, there's something that you know. What do you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know that can take you where you need to go? What is the thought that's been developed in your life that, that puts a stop to God's thought. Okay. We okay? Okay, because you're looking at me kind of weird. Okay, so let's put it this way. Okay, there's things that we know, okay? Here, here's something that we know. Because, you know, I've been talking to God. What do I know that's preventing me from knowing what I need to know? And, and, and I've got to tell you something. Be really careful if you ask God any questions. Because, you know, James said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. And liberally, you know what that means? Without hesitation at all. So you ask God, hey, what am I thinking that, that I, I need to stop thinking? And he tells you. Well, now that you know, you have to do something with it. Right? But, but here's, here's, here's something that most of us know. Here's what we know. We know that if, if we want to, we can call on God. Because Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things which you don't know. So if we want to know some things that God knows about stuff that we don't know, we can, if we, if we want to, we can call on God and he will tell us those things, huh? So we know, how many of you know that's true? Okay, but you're wrong. Wait a minute, the Bible says, 
call me. So, so, so if I want to, I can call him. No, where's this if I want to thing at? See, when you get saved, you die. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but it's not I that live, but it's Christ who's living through me now. What do you mean if you want to, you can call on him? You call on him. It says, call me and I will answer thee. It doesn't say, if you want to. So we're under the impression as a follower of Christ that if we get to a spot that we need a little help, we can ask him. And he's saying, how do you get to a spot without my direction? You're thinking wrong. You think you can call him when you need him. And he's thinking, I'm looking for total loyalty. You know what happened in the Garden of Eden is that they, they partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, so they began to look to each other and to themselves for what was right. That's what separated them from God and eventually from each other. And, and, and here's the deal. Jesus said, hey, seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing, his way of being right. So if you're actually going to be a follower of Jesus, I don't care if you got a t-shirt and a bumper sticker or not, you have to seek first his way of doing right. You were a lot more friendly a few minutes ago. If you want to see what God's seeing, you got to be thinking what he was thinking. And you're going to get that from the word of God. And that's not a if you want to think. Man, this is, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be saturated with this word. Right? Then we'll know exactly what God wants. Well, that's, we're supposed to be living to cheerfully please God. So I need to know what he wants. Well, to know what he wants, I got to get in his word. Because I got to get in his word to hear what he said. And once I hear what he said, I can start thinking what he was thinking. When I'm thinking what he was thinking, I begin to see what he was seeing. Now I know how to make decisions that will lead me towards what he was seeing instead of away from it. Hello, somebody. So, so, what, so, so I, gotta, I just got to start learning stuff. And why? Well, well because if you're, not, if you're not intentional, what will happen is outward forces, things outside of your control, will begin to redirect your attention, and you'll be led astray by things that have nothing to do with, where I, with, with the image that I'm seeing. See, there's a picture that God, God declared the end at the beginning. He saw the picture. It's like God had a dream about your future, and he's shaping you and forming you to fit it. But, but man, if, you, if you're not careful, if you're not intentional, outward forces. Remember Jairus? He had this picture. My daughter's sick. If I can get down there, man, Jesus will come to the house. My daughter will be healed. He got up early. He beat the boat to the dock. He's waiting for them when they come off the dock. He's asking, hey, will you come to the house? Jesus says yes, and he's like, yeah. Okay. Jesus is coming. My girl's going to be fine. And so on their way, they just have one little problem. It's, it's, it's a lady that's had an issue of blood for 12 years who stops him on the way. Remember? Jairus is like, Jairus is looking at Jesus like I'm looking at Paige. Come on, let's have a baby. Come on. Hurry up. Right? And, and, and everything that happened along the way is driving Jairus crazy. Why? Because my daughter's sick. And he's, he's hooked up. You know, Jesus is ministering to other people along the way. No, other people need to get out the way. Right? And, and then, the, then about the time, he, you know, that he's done dealing with the woman with the issue of blood, the servants from the house come and they say, don't even bother him anymore. Your daughter's dead. See, if... If you aren't in an intimate relationship, if you can't hear him, see, you need to hear his word so you can think his thought, so you can see what he's seeing. And Jesus looks at him and says, don't be afraid. Remember? 
don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't let outside pressure now change the picture that you're focused on. Now, I don't see how this is going to work. Well, just take a step, just one more step of obedience. Come on. Just don't be afraid. Matter of fact, he, he says, only believe. So when, so when the God thought was introduced, it was a new thought, right? You get a new word from God. It's introduced into your thought life. And, and so now you have God thoughts and your thoughts, right? So I got, I got, I got my thoughts, and now I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to entertain God's thoughts, right? Am I the only one? You had your thoughts, you met God, now you're beginning to be introduced to God's thoughts, right? Here's how your brain works, uh, and, 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 and you know, there, there's a gal, her, her name is Karen Leaf, she's like a brain neurologist, she's a brain specialist, she understands this stuff, and, and, and she had the picture of, uh, and it looks like a cobweb, you know, in, in your brain, and, and because of quantum physics, now that they, they can measure, you know, the thought, and the more you think a thought, uh, uh, they, can, they can watch it light up the board, you know, and, and, and the more you think that thought, it, 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 that, that begins to grow, okay, and, and it goes from looking like a, like a frail cobweb into a, like a root system, so, so you've introduced God's thoughts into your thoughts, but it's the thoughts that you're thinking that are getting stronger. So Mark 4.24 says the level of thought and study, amplified, the, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and power that comes back to you. So if you're not giving thought and study to God's word, then God's word's not growing. It's the other thoughts. See, you are introduced to, my God shall supply all my needs. But the thoughts that you're thinking is, there's no way we can afford this. It's never going to work out. We've always just barely gotten by. We, 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 we've always lived in poverty. Everybody's always against us. Nothing ever goes my way. And then once a month, you know, you hear, well, my God shall supply. Well, thank you, Jesus, my God. But, but all your time of thought and study is on the other thought. So the strongest thought in your life is your thought, not God's thought. And what Jesus told Jairus was, he said, number one, don't be afraid. But number two, only believe. So when you brought belief into the picture, you had belief and you had unbelief. Well, what you have to do is get rid of the unbelief and develop the belief. Don't, don't just let the belief slide while you're developing the unbelief. Get rid of the unbelief and so that you can say, only believe. So the only thing in me is what God's saying. And any of my thoughts that don't line up with his thoughts are going to go. I'm not throwing out his thoughts. I'm throwing out mine. You with me? So that I can only believe. And, 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 he, and you know the story. He walked him right down there, and he said, hey, surround yourself with positive people. Get people who are in agreement with you. Kick out the negative Nellies. Some, some of you guys, some of you guys, you hang with the wrong people. You can take it. We're only going to go like 15 more minutes. You can take it. You're tough. But some of y'all, some of y'all have the most negative people in the world speaking into you all the time. And you, you need to stop it. I said, you need to stop it. You, you know, when your phone rings and your skin crawls, when you see their name pop up, and you go, oh, God, don't answer it. <laughs> Why don't you answer my texts? Because I don't look at them. Well, doesn't it pop up on your phone? No, I turn that off. I have five people that when they text me, it notifies me. You're probably not one of them. Now, I don't want you to feel bad. I just want you to feel educated. So if you text me, when am I going to see it? When one of the five texts me and I'm dealing with them, then I notice some of the stuff I've missed. You know what I've found out? 
is stuff that needs my immediate attention gets handled even if I'm not aware of it. It made my life a lot more simple. And see, because I'm believing for things that look impossible. So I can't have voices that aren't thinking what God was saying and seeing what he was seeing, diverting my attention to whatever mess it is that they're engaged in. Okay, well, don't you care? Sure, I care. And, and, and you have issues, and God's speaking to me his word so that I can think what he's thinking, so I can see what he's seeing, so that I, by the time I get to you, your, your picture doesn't influence the picture that God showed me about you. Because for a long time, I listened to you more than I listened to God. And it really freaked me out because you guys never agree with each other, you and God. Because you'll come all the time and say, man, I just need prayer in my life. And for what? I have this thing going on in my life, and I'm thinking, man, when I talk to God, he didn't talk about that thing. He talked about your victory. You know, you know when, I was talking to God, when I was talking to God this morning, God, God wasn't telling me about the fact that she didn't get her stupid chocolate. <laughs> trying to help you get out of the hole, bro. Okay? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. God was telling me how he was going to supply her with tons of it. <laughs> okay, so we got to roll. We got to roll. We got to roll. So you, so, so, so you can't be afraid. You got to only believe. You got to surround yourself with positive people. You got to get rid of the negative people. And you got to keep remembering, hey, that no matter what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, no word from God's ever going to fail. No word from God's ever going to fail. And remember when Jesus fed the 5,000 out of the 37 miracles recorded in the, in the Gospels, only one of them is recorded in all four, so we got to look at that one and learn some stuff. And we learn that it's our response in the middle of our need that releases abundance into our life. It's not the situation that controls the, the outcome. Let me tell you what controls the outcome. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh. So if I get God's word and I know that no word from God will ever fail and I begin to meditate on the word of God, then the word of God begins to paint the picture that's going to perfectly describe the end that I'm going to experience in my life. So I, I press in and, and I realize that, hey, instead of doing what I was thinking about doing, send the people away. They said, no, and Jesus said, don't send them away. No, change the way you're thinking. Change the way you're thinking. You, you know what? You got needs in your life, but we're, first we're going to meet some needs. Well, how can we meet needs? We, we, don't, we, we don't have enough for ourselves. How are we going to meet needs? It's called obedience. It's called obedience. And, and, and if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll begin to think what I'm thinking. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, you're going to begin to see what I'm seeing. And what you're going to see is 5,000 men plus women and children being fed. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see what I saw if you'll just focus and meditate on what I say. And don't be looking at all this other stuff, but be looking at what I said. See, you got, you got are you with me? Okay? And, and, and I'm going to use you. You want to know what's crazy? Is God's going to use you. He got, I said God's going to use you to bring blessing and abundance to others. It's going to be awesome. Why? Because he's called you to walk in a life of abundance. Well, but I, I don't feel it. We don't have to feel it. First thing you're going to do is see it. How are you going to see it? Well, you're going to have to think it. How are you going to think it? Well, you have to hear it. Okay, so let's go to Luke 18. And, 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 and then it happened. Everybody say, then it happened. Well, oh, say it really loud. I love this stuff. Okay. Then it happened. <laughs> it's about ready to happen. Come on. Something awesome is about ready to happen in your life. Then it happened. 
This is awesome. Jesus was coming near to Jericho, and there was a blind man, and he was begging. And how many of you know if you're begging because you're blind, your income, you're probably not in abundance just yet. And, and, but he could hear. And so, so he can't see what he needs to see, but he can hear what he needs to hear that's going to empower him to see what he needs to see. Come on, we don't have time to go slow. Okay, today we don't get a court. We just got to get married. Okay, so here we go. Uh, man, you might not be seeing what you need to see, but can you hear what you need to hear that will empower you to see what you need to see? And, and so he heard him and he said, hey, what is all, what is going on? And here's what they told him. They said, hey, uh, Jesus is coming. And what does he do? He starts hollering out. Look at this in 38. Jesus, have mercy on me. And he's getting louder and louder. And the church people said, hey, 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 you're, you're looking kind of weird right now. Here's what's funny is that people without passion are bothered by people who have it. I just want to say to the outsider, you know, maybe you're an outsider, because it seems to me like the outsiders are always more passionate than the insiders. And the outsider comes and, and he starts getting loud, and the insider doesn't like the fact that you have, it's kind of like if you worked for the, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, a union job, right? You got a union job and you're telling the new guy, don't work so hard. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're making us all look bad. You need to break that union mindset. It's killing you. Hey, hey, you need to be quiet. You need to be quiet. But he just got, he cried out all the more. He's just getting louder and louder. So if you're an outsider being told to calm down by an insider, just go for it. Okay? You have license to just like, ah, right at him. Okay? It'll help. And, and so next verse. Uh, and, and Jesus stopped, and, 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 he, and he comes near, and he asks him the crazy question. And, and in verse 41, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Which seems like an obvious thing. Uh, I would like some sight. But, uh, uh, and, and Jesus said, then receive it. Look at that. I, I, I want to receive my sight. Look at 42. Jesus said, okay, receive it. 42. Receive it. Receive it. Hey, don't make this more hard than it needs to be. What do you need? Tell him. Okay, you got it. Receive it. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, everybody say all the people. Oh, well, come on, say it loud. If you get loud, I'll get done quick, okay? Because that pushes me, okay? All the people, here's what happened. They had church. No, you, you, you don't get it. They had church, okay? Blind guy can now see. <laughs> and they're all pumped, man. Why? Because we just saw a miracle. Let me tell you something about church people. Church people love miracles. Why? Because a miracle demands no work. Just do for me what I will not do for myself. So I can have a miracle. Okay? So... Man, okay, Ooh, we got to go. Okay, this is the last verse in 18, and then 19 starts, but I just want you to understand this. It's not the end of what he's, there's no separation here. They just did that to help us be able to locate stuff. Okay, so the story doesn't end. Okay, go to 19. And Jesus enters and passed through Jericho, which is where he was headed. And there was a man named Zacchaeus who was, uh, he was rich. Okay, now you just ministered to a poor guy and everybody's happy. Now we're going to introduce a rich guy. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's see what happens here. And, and he sought to see Jesus. So he has the same problem as the blind guy. He can't see what he needs to see. 
So, so, and his issue isn't blindness. His issue is he has physical limitations and, you know, he's short. So uh, because of the crowd, because of the church people, remember the people who are having church? They're blocking him. Isn't, isn't it sad when the world can't see Jesus through the church? Why can't we see Jesus? Because a bunch of Christians are standing in the way. We might want to be changing that. That's a different message. Okay. But, uh, so he ran ahead and climbed a tree. Okay, let me just, let me just we're going to wreck your mind regarding Zacchaeus today. Because there's things you know about Zacchaeus. He's a bad man. He's a cheater. You know, he, he, he's a, you know, so we don't like Zacchaeus. Isn't it funny that when somebody has something that you want, they probably had to cheat to get it? Zacchaeus, let me tell you a little something about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wasn't complaining when he didn't see Jesus. He did something about it. He, Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd. He didn't try to be part of the crowd. Maybe if you'd get ahead of the crowd instead of trying to be in the crowd, you'd begin to see things that you need to see. Maybe if you'd climb above the crowd instead of being embraced with the crowd. You could see what you need to see. Zacchaeus ran ahead and Zacchaeus climbed a tree. He got out in front and he did what others were unwilling to do. And, and these, are, these are the people that told the other guy to be quiet. He, and they're probably telling Zacchaeus to slow down. Okay, but he's up in that tree and look what happened. And Jesus comes and he says, Zacchaeus, come on, we're going to your house. I must, I must stay at your house. I must. Wouldn't it be awesome? Not if Jesus said he's willing to come, but he said, oh no. I must come. I must. There's something on Zach that is attracted to Jesus. You know what I think it is? I think Matthew, who is also a tax collector, told Jesus someday when we're going through Jericho, you're going to have to connect with this dude named Zach. And let me tell you, I'm not even going to point him out. You're going to know who he is. You're just going to know. You're, you're going to know who this guy is. And, and, and let me tell you something. He's flowing in his potential. Okay, and that's all I'm going to tell you. And, and, and it gets down there, and Zach is like all exa- excited and happy. Verse 7, and, and, and when they saw it, uh, they all complained. Who? All the people who were having church a minute ago are now complaining. Okay, so Zacchaeus wasn't complaining when he couldn't see Jesus, but now they're complaining because Jesus sees him. You might want to think on these things. You know, how irritated do you get when somebody else is operating in their blessing. Cheater. Man, I've never had a break. Must be, must be easy for you. What do you mean? He runs ahead of you. Everything's handed to him. No, he climbed a tree. Let's just go on. Verse 8. Look, Lord... I give half my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fulfilled. Now, leave that up there for a second. I want to read it again. Look, I give half my goods to the poor. You know, I've studied this. I've called Bible scholars from Bible schools this week. I've asked them to help me understand why everybody makes it sound like this is a future statement. Even some of your translations, it says, well, from now on. But in the original, in King James, in New King James, and in the Greek, he doesn't, he doesn't say, I will give. He said, I give half my goods to the poor. He's not talking about what he's going to do in the future. He's talking about his corporate core values right now. Just because he's associated with a bunch of cheaters doesn't mean he is one. He's like, hey. 
I give half my goods to the poor. I don't remember hearing that from the crowd. Hey, if we get caught cheating somebody, we're so against that, we will repay them four times. It's kind of like we have a thing here. You start tithing, and if, and if your life goes downward instead of upward, you, you tithe for 90 days, and it, don't, it doesn't do what God said it'll do, we'll give you your money back. Because the thing that you think is not the truth. These people are, these people, here's the thing. You want to walk in abundance. See, here's the deal that we got to get to, is that Jesus is trying to lead you to abundance. But if you think wrong about people who have abundance, then you ain't ever going to be one of the people. Hello, somebody? Are you, are you, are you hearing this? That if your mindset is, well, the only way they could get ahead is to cheat. Well, no, no. Wouldn't it be amazing if the breakthrough that, you, that, you, that, that your situation required, wouldn't it be amazing if the breakthrough that you required, all it needed from you was work? No, I want a miracle. Well, it would be a miracle if you went to work. If you showed up, if you showed up on time, you know, how, how do you, we're just teaching this to our staff and leaders. How do you get ahead in, in church leadership? Well, one, you show up. You beat 50% of the church when you just show up. Show up on time. Well, there you just knocked off another 25%. Show up, show up on time, show up on time prepared. Oh my God, you're in the top 3%. Show up, show up on time, show up prepared, show up and do your best. Oh my Lord, you are now, show up, show up on time, show up on time prepared, show up on time prepared and do your best, show up on time prepared to do your best for Jesus instead of for somebody or for something or some personal thing. Do it for Jesus, you're in the top 1%. All of a sudden, you got your breakthrough. What do you have to do? You change the way you think. Just change the way you think. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, uh, Jesus has to keep going one more. And... and as they heard this, say, Jesus had to teach them something else because they, the closer they get, the more that these guys think the kingdom of God's going to appear immediately. What's one of the things that we learned from feeding the 5,000? Abundance comes in steps. Man, it, 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 it's, it's not immediate. It comes in steps. So and we'll just read through a few verses here. Uh, uh, let's go. A uh, certain nobleman went to a far country to receive himself a kingdom and, and to return. And he called his servants in, 10 of them, and he gave each of them uh, and, and delivered to them 10 minus. They got one each. Do business. Occupy till I come. Go to work. And, and the citizens hated him. And they said, man, we don't even like this guy ruling over us. Look at verse 15. And, uh, but he went and, and did what he said he was going to do. And he came back having received the kingdom. And he commanded those that had been given the money to be called to him that he might know how much each man had gained by trading. And this first guy came in and said, Master, you're has earned 10 minus. Look what he says to him. He says, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little. Okay, not, this is kind of like the story of the talents, but th there's 10 guys. They each get a mina. One guy comes back. He's got 10. I'm going to give you authority over 10 cities. One guy comes back. He's got five. I'm going to give you authority over five cities. One guy comes back. He said, I hit it in a handkerchief and just brought it back to you. It's just a little thing. It's just a little thing. So here it is. And he took it away from him and gave it to the guy who would handle what was put in his hand correctly. And, and, the, and it was a bad news for the other dude. Okay. Here's what the guy that did nothing with it. Here's where it hit. It's how he thought about it. Jesus even says, this is a very little thing. So you need to get this. 
It's, the, it's what the one guy failed to recognize. That in the moment, what was in his hand was very little. But the very little was tied to a very great thing in his future. And that when you handle in your present the little things incorrectly, you abort the great things that are planned for your future. So if you walk away from the little, you actually walked away from the great. If you think the little thing was beneath you, well, you, that wasn't a great decision. Why? Well, because you didn't listen to what he said to the point that you could hear, uh, you know, think what he was thinking so that you could see what he was seeing because you saw that it was little. You didn't see that it was attached to greatness. See, there's a little thing in your life right now. I promise you. I promise you. There's a little thing in your life right now that has the potential to release greatness in your future. That if you mishandle the little thing now, you're not going to have the great thing that's coming. See, it might seem like a little thing. It's just chocolate. <laughs> but your future sucks. It's, 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 just, it's just a place, you know, why, why, do we, why do we want you to serve? See, I think the garden's a place where the lost can get saved and the saved can serve. Why do we want you to serve? So that you get connected to people who are headed towards great things. Well, it's just a little thing. It's beneath me to serve ice cream. Really? That little thing was tied to something great. Well, I don't think about it that way. That's your problem. You haven't changed the way you think. See, God said, this is God. If you're going to handle little things wrong, I'm not going to give you great things. If it's beneath you, and by the way, this is a secondary opportunity. This is not their main job. This is a secondary opportunity. It's just a little thing. Why, why did he hide it? Because he didn't need it. Uh, but he needed what it was tied to. See, God's wanting to cause you to collide with abundance, okay? See, God's going to cause you to, why? Because to do what God's purpose for you to do, it's going to require abundance in your life. Well, how are you going to, how, how, how are we going to relate? Well, it's my response in the middle of my need that releases abundance into my life. So it's how you handle the little thing, because if you can handle the little thing correctly, then the great thing's coming. But if you mishandle the little thing, you've aborted the great thing. Amen. So what do I got to do? Well, I got, I got to meditate on what he said. I got to hear what he said so I can think what he's thinking. And I, and I need to be thinking what he's thinking so I can see what he was seeing. So that when I begin to see what he was seeing, I can make decisions that lead towards it instead of away from it. So that as I make those decisions on a consistent basis, it begins to, to help me you know, develop that character that I possess is going to tie me to the very end that he declared over me at my beginning. And I'm going to be transformed from the inside out instead of conform from the outside in. And sometimes I don't know what my future is. I'm looking from the inside out and I can't figure it out. But the Holy Spirit knows my future from the inside out. 
and he knows how to cause me to collide with the very thing that God had planned for me. So what I need to do, instead of thinking my thought, I got to think God's thought. See, my thoughts can't afford it, but God's thought is just take another step. Okay, I'm going to obey. Why? Because God's faithful. Well, we, yeah, but we don't have enough time. Well, I'm going to obey. Why? Because, well, my God is faithful. Well, we, we, we don't have enough strength. Well, I'm going to have to do it anyways because, well, my God is faithful. And it's just one more step of obedience. Just one more step of obedience. What's going to happen? I'm going to collide with this great future that God has planned for my life. Amen. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. There's, there's several of us that need to change our viewpoint. And I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to call you out while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're here today. And when you see people, and it just seems like, they're, like it's almost unfair, they have what you want. And you've never been able to figure out how they got it. And you just feel like they like you've been ripped off, like you've been cheated, like like the, the like the deck is stacked against you. I'm telling you that you're thinking wrong. The deck isn't stacked against you, the deck is actually stacked for you. You're his child. But the heir, as long as he remains a child, differs nothing from a slave. So we have to change the way we think. And if you're here, and I'm just going to ask this question once, and you can just slip your hand up, and I'm just going to pray for you. But you're here today, and you know that maybe your thoughts regarding people who are, who are in your estimation, they're rich, or they're, they, they have unfair advantage. You feel cheated. Man, we got to address that. But in order to quit it, you got to be willing to admit it. So if you're here, while no one's looking, I'm just going to pray for you. You say, you know what, Tom? Every once in a while, when I see somebody that's ahead of me, instead of celebrating them, I complain about it. And I need to have that heart change because I'm complaining about the people that I want to be like. I, I want to operate in abundance, but I have an attitude towards people in abundance. So I need God's help, strength, wisdom, discernment. And I'm willing to admit it just so I can quit it. If that's you, while no one's looking, just hold your hand up. It's real high. Just lift it up real fast. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's a lot of hands. I just want to pray for you. You can put them down. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you that you are helping us recognize what we know that's preventing us from knowing what we need to know that has the potential and the power to take us where we need to go. We know things, but they're wrong. Help us embrace your thoughts. Help us look at those who have gotten ahead of the crowd, those who have worked to elevate themselves. God, help us look at them and celebrate them because God, we're going to be just like them. We're coming out from amongst the crowd, and we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna work and 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 get ourselves in a position where we can actually fulfill the purpose and the plan of God. God, we're never again going to be the people that say we can't afford to obey God. God, you're taking us someplace awesome and we want to go, so help us change these thoughts. One more, one more prayer while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Remember, it's your response in the middle of your need that releases abundance and there's abundant life available to you, but you need to respond to Jesus. You need to say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to give you my life. I'm ready to be changed from the inside out. And I'm going to pray this prayer and get real with God, God, just so you can get real with me. And if you're here while no one's looking around, I'm not going to have you stand, but I just want to agree with you in prayer. Say, today, I'm, I'm making this prayer personal. I want God to change me. I'm willing and ready to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, again, no one's looking, but just hold your hand up real high so I can agree with you. Thank 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 you. That's so awesome. You, you can put them down. We're going to pray. I want everybody in here just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I know I need your love. I need your acceptance. 
I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose today to live for you every day. I'm starting now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God a big shout.